Next on BYU Sports Nation, fourth quarter dominance for BYU football again. Why have the Cougars been so successful down the stretch? ESPN's Trevor Maddox weighs in, and does he think Tanner Mangum should play against Wagner? Plus, former NFL and BYU linebacker David Nixon joins us, and we go live to practice for Monday Reaction. Win number six happens on Saturday. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Monday, BYU Sports Station back to work live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. October 19th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with longtime fan of the two and four Seattle Seahawks. Jerem Jordan. There could be no question of my fandom because I'm still on the bandwagon at two and four, right? This is the perfect year to jump on the bandwagon. If you're on the bandwagon and they it's don't like make a, the playoffs, oh, sorry, if you're if you're a fan and they don't make the playoffs, then I will grant you that. Okay. They're, they're dude, still going to make the playoffs. Ooh, I don't know in that division. Seattle will still make the playoffs. Okay. They're I, going to make the playoffs. Do you want? Do you not want them to? So you can be like, I'm a fan. No, I want them to win every game. They've <laughs> they've led in every fourth quarter this year. They're the opposite of the BYU Cougars. They lead and lose, whereas BYU trails or ties and wins. And then happened again Friday night against Cincinnati. BYU has man. Someone at church comes up to me and says, "Man, can you believe the way we're doing it?" I said, "I man, it's it's bugging me." I'm like, BYU's five and two. Why is it bugging you? BYU's five and two. Oh, I man. love it. I love it. Oh, I got a little dirt felt- on my truck. I still have a truck. When have you felt confident about a team that you love when they go down by double digits early and you're like, yeah, it's okay. Boo-hoo. We, we winning. Got, we winning. got this. Boo-hoo. BYU is that it's, team. Now. Winning's it's like, oh, awesome. They'll, they'll come back. They'll be okay. Yes. And BYU is showing resiliency. They, they're playing good teams. Cincinnati, to me, if, if you rank the best three lost teams in the country, Cincinnati is a good team and that was a nice win they played the other two losses to rank teams in temple and memphis you see <laughs> yes Boo-hoo. yes i know winning winning is great okay so <laughs> tweet of the weekend comes from cincinnati receiver max morris yes it does after byu beat the bearcats 38 24 he said this and i quote if losing isn't bad enough i got knocked out by a 25 year old virgin who has never tasted mountain dew end quote <laughs> Kind of uh, cool laying the boom late in the game. Yeah, BYU and virgin <laughs> jokes. Kelly Papinga, BYU's outside linebackers coach and special teams coordinator, had a message about that. Oh, you would ask me that, and I don't have it pulled up. And, of course, he takes care of that on Twitter. That's how everybody yeah, yeah. voices Here their opinion these days. Here it is. I thought, uh, <laughs> Kelly Papinga last night, I thought I would make sure the world knows that I love Mountain Dew. Kind of cool does as well. And it's a picture <laughs> of Mountain Dew. He did not get that on campus. That is not available on campus. Oh, I love the personality so much. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, but hey, listen, you go, if you walk out there in warm-ups, sometimes you'll be amazed. You go, BYU won the game against that team? But that, that's the case. BYU has some good athletes. They're well-coached. Uh, they're in great shape, and they keep winning games. If you had told me with Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill, BYU would be 5-2, and two, I'd say, that's really good. They don't have either of those guys, and they're 5-2. and two. I'm happy. BYU wins 38-24. The Cougars score 21 points in the fourth quarter to seal the win. That kicks off our BYUSN headlines today. The Cougars received 21 votes in the AP poll, leaving them two spots out of the top 25. Interesting. 
The schedule is being respected. That's what's happening right there. The fifth-ranked women's soccer team continues their winning ways as well with a 2-0 victory over the University of the Pacific on Saturday. Nadia Gomes and Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos, two Portuguese last names, by the way, uh, both netted goals in the win. Taking care of business. Another 2-0 victory for BYU. That's all they do, man. The 13th-ranked BYU women's volleyball team swept Portland Saturday night at the Smith Fieldhouse. Alexa Gray led the Cougars with 21 kills in that three-set match. She did the same thing a couple of nights earlier. Kyle Vanoy recorded a tackle in the Lions' 37-34 overtime win against the Bears. Wani Unga and the Giants uh, face the Eagles, the Eagles, tonight on Monday Night Football, which also includes a new Star Wars video tonight. I'm not going to watch Monday Night Football, probably. Because it's my wife's birthday, but I'm going to watch that online tonight. I can't wait. Would you watch Monday Night Football if it weren't your wife's birthday? Probably. (laughs) Yeah. On that note, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Fourth quarter dominance. Tanner Mango taking a deep shot. Open man downfield. Colts. ESPN's Adam Amin on the call. Tanner Mangum to Nick Kurtz. 53-yard touchdown pass gave BYU a lead that they would not relinquish. They win 38-24 on Friday night, outscoring the Bearcats 21 to nothing in the final period. Man. BYU now 5-2 and two this season. The Cougars will become bowl eligible with their next victory. Which is this Saturday That's at going 3 to happen Eastern on against Wagner live on this very television station. Jerem will shave his head if that does not happen on Saturday against I'm his not, Seahawks of Wagner. No, no, I'm not saying anything about shaving my head or not ever again. No, really, You won't shave your head if BYU doesn't Will Wagner? you shave your head if we, Wagner wins? Together. How about, together, no, no, together. No, leave me out of this. <laughs> leave me out of this. I already suffered my own wrath. Show some faith in the Cougars to beat Wagner, Jerem. I don't need to do that through a sign. Wow. Like shaving my head. Okay. All right. I can exercise my faith without signs, young man. <laughs> Fun what fact. What is this, Sunday school? Fun fact number one today. BYU has now shut out four of their seven opponents this season in the fourth quarter. Nebraska, Boise State, Michigan, Cincinnati, and, and only give a field goal to UConn. was a three-point yeah. fourth quarter. Which brings us to the set of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is plus 50 in the fourth quarter, outscoring opponents 84-34. Plus 50. And in all of BYU win, BYU's wins, BYU has been tied or trailed, uh, had a deficit in the fourth quarter. This is amazing what BYU is doing. Also, 10 and a half years of Bronco Mendenhall. And BYU had not. They had never won a game where they trailed by 14 or more in a game, in that game. And then the last two weeks, they've won those. They've done it in back-to-back weeks. With a freshman quarterback. What in the world's going on? A lot of great things from the Cincinnati win. One, it's a short week. Two, Tanner Mangum's hamstring. Three, no sacks allowed. Four, the defense all healthy for the first time. Sione Takitaki was not in the Nebraska game. This was the first time every available starter on defense was there. And look what they did. They were fantastic, and BYU was 5-2 and two and ripping up October. Eight sacks against a team that had only given up six in five games. BYU found a way. That's wild. Plus 50 in the fourth quarter, outscoring opponents 84-34. That brings us to today's Twitter question. What makes BYU successful in the fourth quarter, in your opinion? Use the hashtag BYUSN. What makes BYU successful in the fourth quarter? At IDRock the Y. 
BYU's fourth quarter domination due to Mountain Dew disguised as pickle juice. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a, that could be real. This is going to become a theme in this show. That I have could a be feeling. real. <laughs> How are the Cougars doing it? Free sponsorship for Mountain Dew. This is happening right now. How in the world are the Cougars doing it on this consistent basis? I'll say this. I have nothing but respect and love for Frank Wintrick. He's done an amazing job helping the players physically and mentally, teaming up with their sports psychologist, Craig Manning. The conditioning is absolutely a factor in all this. But he, Frank, would be the first to say this. Players have to make the plays. And Tanner Mangum and his receivers have been outstanding late in the games. Yeah, and the defense, like you mentioned, again, in a fourth quarter shutout. Let's be careful not to, not to give too much credit or blame to any one group or person, right? So is Frank Wittrick to blame for uh, East Carolina's 17 points in the fourth quarter? No. Is Frank Wittrick to blame for UCLA outscoring BYU in the fourth and winning that game? No. So I, I just think we need to be careful there. I think it's been a tremendous team effort. But one thing that I do want to point out is the offensive line. Against Boise State, BYU's down 10. The run game kicks in. BYU ends up being able to make plays. In the pass game as well. Imagine BYU not being able to run in the Boise State or Cincinnati game. They don't win those games. The O-line, to me, has been the key to BYU's fourth quarter domination. The defense has been good, too. But listen, listen to these stats for Cincinnati. BYU goes 4-for-4 four four, uh, against Cincinnati. 4-for-4, four four, 68 yards, a touchdown passing in the fourth. 13 carries, 91 yards, two touchdowns. You have chunk plays a 40-yard run with Francis Bernard. Change the game. And a 53-yard touchdown to Nick Kurtz, which we just heard. And that was a blown coverage, busted, broken, smashed, whatever you want to describe. The fourth quarter in the trenches has been the difference for me for BYU. How can you argue that? You cannot. You it's can't. so good. My argument is so good, you cannot argue it. No, there, there's a lot of good things going on. Certainly. BYU wins a game where they don't force a turnover, where they're negative in turnover margin. Nick Kurtz had his breakout game as a BYU receiver. Two Finally! touchdown catches. One of them a top 10 play on SportsCenter, I believe number seven. And he spoke about this BYU team and their resiliency after the game. You know, we just have a lot of heart on this team. Um, we learned a lot of that over the summer in the offseason, built a lot of chemistry. And it just happens when we get to that fourth quarter, Tanner Mangum just steps up and everyone just gets clutched. So it's been amazing. Think about this. And Jerem just referenced this a few minutes ago. BYU did not win a game in the month of October last year. It was the month to be forgotten. 0-4. The Cougars are 3-0 in October this year, 5-2 overall, and will, will lock up a perfect month with a win over Wagner on Saturday. And then have a bye, and then they gear up for November. Adam Hine will then be healthy for the Cougars. And you look at this youth that's developed. We still need to hear about Riley Burt. Uh, he looked like he suffered a similar injury to Tanner Mangum hamstring. We'll, Riker Matthews we'll had to leave early. Riker, yeah, Louis Lapua, who did not play with the ankle. So BYU had two backups on that offensive line and still played well. We talked about depth. BYU's not playing the same kind of uh, schedule in October as September, but the depth has been good for BYU at, at cornerback, on the offensive line, at running back. Uh, I don't know, the quarterback, for goodness sake, is the second string from earlier in the season. A lot of positive things for BYU right now, and they have a chance to do something really good the rest of the season because they're playing good football. Yes, I would like BYU not have to wait until the fourth quarter to kick it into turbo mode, but winning is winning. I'll, I'll take it because BYU is not going to play Cincinnati 
a Cincinnati-type team for three weeks, and it's going to be in Kansas City against a Missouri team that's struggling. I don't know that BYU is so much kicking it into turbo in the fourth quarter as it is they're just wearing opponents down. The consistency of it all. Teams get tired, and BYU maintains that level. That's what's going to happen. And I, I would prefer to have that in the first quarter in Cruz, but if BYU's going to win... But the I, energy is doesn't matter when it comes. Is matched generally by the opponent early in the game because you both start and BYU's the gone same down level. fourteen in back to back games in the first quarter. Now that is something that is you don't want to do yeah, that because yeah. then you, you you have to have some kind of crazy run thirty five seven run to cap that game for BYU. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What makes the Cougars successful in the fourth quarter at the Josh Landon? Believing they are still in any game and successful play call. We didn't even mention Robert and I called another great game. We're quick to only uh, lay, lay blame, but when he does well, let's acknowledge that as well. It's Maddich Monday, and that means Trevor Maddich joins us next. We'll ask him what he thinks BYU is doing so successfully. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Chime in using the hashtag BYUSN. And use hashtag InsideBYU when you watch Inside BYU Football. It's tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. I'm particularly interested in finding out what went into the week, the hamstring with Tanner Mangum, how the offensive line did not give up a sack, how the defense got healthy and came to play. Tuesday night, 7.30 Eastern. The latest fourth quarter dramatics, BYU outscoring the Cincinnati Bearcats 21 to nothing in the final period. Joining BYU Sports Nation now, a man who knows a thing or two about dramatic wins, including the 1984 National Championship game in the Holiday Bowl. Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Insider on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Great. Thanks. Great to be back. Another win. That's a, it's a good morning all the time when they win the weekend before. BYU 5-2. and two. We're trying to figure out... What specifically is making BYU so successful in the fourth quarter? Where do you start with that, Trevor? Well, where they would start is, is the honor code, where players are asked not to, and all BYU students, not to put certain things in their body, alcohol, tobacco, illegal drugs, things like that. And I've talked at length with Coach Mendenhall and other coaches there in the strength staff over the last several years about, about what that means for their conditioning program. They believe that because of the honor code, because of the way the, these kids live, they should be able to get that last extra measure of conditioning out of their performance because their bodies are more pure from a standpoint of those things relative to the honor code than a lot of players that they play against. And so they use high technology with heart monitoring and stress tests and things like that to, to be able to train players to the highest level possible of human conditioning without going over the top and then having diminishing returns. So they, they mate the honor code with the high tech. Now, part of the way they do that on, in training is that rather than go with traditional football weight training with heavy weights and heavy squats and lots of sprints and then you rest and then you sprint and then you rest. They've gone to more of, a, of an Australian rugby style training 
where you would, they, they will sprint and then jog, sprint and then jog, and never really stop. And so they train their bodies to be able to play at a higher percentage of their potential for a longer period of time, rather just burst and rest, burst and rest, and then the height of the bursts having been diminished later in the fourth quarter. BYU trains because of the honor code and because of their new style of go fast, go hard, more like a rugby team will train than an American football team will train. And when you put that all together in the fourth quarter, they get a higher potential or a higher percentage of their potential onto the field. And I'm seeing chunk plays as well for BYU, particularly uh, in the run game. For whatever reason, in the fourth quarter, the run game has turned into something that's been really positive. Boise State, uh, it kicked in. And then in this game, BYU carries the ball 13 times for 91 yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. As a former offensive lineman, what are you seeing from BYU that's making them so effective in the run game in the fourth? Well, there's no greater feeling for an offensive lineman than to be late in a game and know that your opponent is gassed and that you have the physical advantage, and you know it, and they know it. And when that ball is snapped, you lock up and you dominate that guy. That's the greatest feeling in the world for an offensive lineman. But it's an investment. You have to invest in running the ball earlier in the game, even when it's not working like you wanted to, to get to that point. And what happens to the defense is when they fatigue, and if they fatigue faster than the offense does, then they will have a lot more trouble doing two things that are critical to stopping the run. One is shedding blocks. You've got to get off of blocks and in front of the running back. And it's harder to do when you're more fatigued and the blocker blocking you has more energy than you do. The second thing is arm tackles. When you are not getting off of blocks, you are reaching out with your arm. And when you've got big running backs like BYU does, running through arm tackles of defenders that are now a bit fatigued, all of a sudden it's easier to break out into the open space and then you get more yards after the initial contact. Because the initial contact is no longer as often a defender standing in front of you and you have to run through him. It's more, it's more often going to be his arm out there that you can run through. And that does have a... Um, a relationship with the training and with fatigue and with the fact that BYU not only is, is in better condition to do that in the fourth quarter, but rather uh, they, they know it. And the mental advantage they get from that is just massive. Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Insider, back for another Maddich Monday on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, how much of BYU's success should be credited to the team and the players buying in and taking increased leadership roles? Uh, that's a big deal. It was an emphasis from the coaching staff from last year to this to, to challenge leaders in the locker room to rise up and take ownership of this team, and they've done so. People complain about coaches when they can't move and motivate the players, but the truth of it is coaches can only do so much from the top down. And it's the players in the locker room that have to ultimately rally around the leaders that they they have basically chosen for themselves to follow. And for those leaders to make sure the guys are focused tightly on the right things, and this is something that you see with this BYU team. Bronco Mendenhall has talked about how in the fourth quarter of games they just seem to get more determined. They seem to get more urgent. They seem to to ratchet it up, that one extra gear that nobody thought they had. But you can't do that if you're being driven from behind by a coach. You can only do that if you look at each other's eyes as players, as teammates, and say, we need this. I will give you, my teammate, everything I've got. Then you see the look in their eyes. They 
commit the same back to you, and all of a sudden you get a synergy going on that cannot happen from the outside. It's got to happen organically within the team itself. And this BYU team has responded to the coaching staff's challenge to develop that kind of locker room leadership. If Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams were healthy, I would have been happy with 5-2. and two. Neither are on the team, yet BYU is 5-2. and two. What has been the most impressive part of that to you? Well, I think it's been the, the way that they have fought back from the two losses. The UCLA loss, one point, so many plays that could have, one play could have gone the other way and BYU wins that game. And then they go out to Michigan and, you know, they were, they were kind of wiped out physically and emotionally and everything at that one and ran into a buzzsaw, Michigan coming into its own. Um, you know, that was a point where this BYU team could have lost focus and lost interest in some ways and just gone through the motions. But they didn't. You know, we talked so much about the X's and O's, and those are important. I mean, the receivers have really stepped up. The pass rush has carried the defense in a lot of ways. I mean, they've been the, and the secondary has has responded to that pass rush in, in ways that we'll continue to be talking about. But ultimately, I think when they had the chance, the opportunity uh, to not really legitimately, but to at least have a decent excuse to kind of check out a little bit and start to go through the motions after losing two in a row. They doubled down in the positive way, and they put it back together. And that's what's impressive to me. You know, I, I love the X's and O's of the game. But when you're, when you're on the sideline, in the huddle, looking at the eyes of your teammates when you're fatigued and beaten and bruised and, and bloody and tired, and you see guys that will not quit, then all of a sudden everybody gets into that mode and the, the whole is so much more than the sum of the parts. And that, that thing is something that can't be taught. It's something that you want to have, but you can't make it happen. It's the character of a football team, and that is the character of the individuals. And the most impressive thing to me is how they themselves have revealed themselves to have that character as individuals and, and as a group. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. Tanner Mangum battled through a hamstring issue or injury, whatever you want to call it, to put together a pretty gutty performance in that win over Cincinnati. Now BYU has Wagner, a winless FCS team, and a bye week after that. So should Tanner Mangum play against Wagner? Wouldn't be a bad idea to go out for a series or two uh, and uh, just kind of break a sweat, work on a few things in terms of timing. Um, it's, it, it'll be more of a scrimmage than anything else for him. But just, just work on a couple of things and then, and then get off the field. And this is uh, – this, it would have been nice if this would have come at the end of September, but the scheduling didn't work out that way. Uh, BYU now, for the first time all season, will have a chance to, to get that kind of rest. And I think it's not just Tanner Mangum who will get that rest. It's others. And and where it also helps is that others will have a chance to go in and uh, get some meaningful minutes now because BYU has been in so many nail biters, all of them really, except for Michigan, uh, that, that a lot of the young depth has not had a chance to go in and, and really get good meaningful minutes. And they will in this game against Mag, uh, Wagner. So it goes well beyond just resting the starters. It's also getting the depth, the experience that they'll need to be able to come in and contribute more as the season goes on. Trevor, you famously said it two years ago on this show, don't sleep on Idaho State, and then we had fun with that with Savannah State. So would you like to give us that soundbite for this year with Wagner? 
Yeah, don't sleep on Wagner. They're due. <laughs> they haven't won a game all year. They're, they're due, boy. They're, they're ready to explode. Is this uh, a, what you really is have this to do is make sure you don't. The bye week? What? This is, a trap, this is a trap game for the bye week? <laughs> I know. But yeah, it's a trap game because in San Jose State's after that. You never know what you're looking ahead to. Um, but it, not to be disrespectful to Wagner because they work as hard as anybody does. But just we'll to say that, that um, yeah, it's, uh, but it, it's, it's okay. Wagner knows. Wagner understands. They're, they're coming to play this game for, for their own reasons, and that's fine. But, but BYU deserves this. Um, this it's, 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 uh, it's actually better than a bye week because you're preparing for a game, but you're now preparing your backups as if they were starters, and that's a good thing. That's a great way to phrase it. It's better than a bye week. Uh, for marketing purposes this week, we're just calling it the Seahawks. BYU versus the Seahawks. I like that. Boy, yeah. that's – boy. And if they get a win over the Seahawks, imagine recruiting for that. Seattle – the Seattle Seahawks uh, only have two more wins than Wagner. I'm just saying that right now. That's my, <laughs> and that's my team, so it's, it's not oh, going so you're, well. so you're saying basically the Redskins should schedule the Seattle Seahawks for homecoming next yes. year, is that it? Yes, they yeah, I should you. for homecoming, exactly. Uh, let's open it up national. Who, who are your f- uh, top four teams right now that you'd put in the playoff if it started today? Well, if it started today, uh, the top four teams that I would, I would, I think Alabama is playing better than any team in the country right now. Um, their offense seems to be coming together. Their quarterback situation is still evolving, but they've got some receivers that are starting to, to emerge, and they're getting better. And their defense is smothering. It's like a big old anaconda that just wraps around you and crushes your hope. Bad I mean, movie. it's amazing. A great analogy. Yeah, it's it's fantastic to watch them play. Baylor, I think still, I still think Baylor will win it all. You know, they're um, and uh, and they they would be in that group. Utah would be in that group because of both the way that they're playing and the way and and who they've beaten. You know, they've uh, they've got a good body of work and a good resume. Then the fourth team is the toughest one. And right now, I would put Ohio State in there at number four. You have to. Um, yeah. Well, it's not the yeah. You kind of have to, I guess. But the thing is, what's concerned me has been the way their offense has performed, where. They've taken too long to get going against against weaker teams. Um, they've had to wait until the the weaker team has been fatigued in the second half before they really began to to, to break out. That worried me. It also worried me that even though their their numbers are great, they they lead the Big Ten in points per game and yards per rush. When you look at how they get those yards per rush, they bust off 80 yard touchdowns and then they'll get stuffed the next nine runs in a row. That gets you behind the chains. It's not very good. Well, against this Penn State defense this last weekend, they they actually performed against a very good defense at a different level. I think Ohio State now is ready to make that run and be the team that we saw last year. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. I can't remember a time when there were four ranked non-P5 teams and one of them wasn't Boise State, Memphis, Toledo, Houston, Temple, all in the AP Top 25. BYU two out of that poll, Trevor. Who's the best non-P5 team right now? Besides Notre Dame. I think Memphis is, actually. Paxton Lynch is a quarterback that uh, was, is high on NFL draft boards. And I think just because of that alone, when you've got a quarterback like that, you can, you can overcome a lot of other deficiencies. I think Memphis is that team. I think BYU fans know that Memphis is a very tough physical team based on what they saw in the bowl game last year. I think Memphis is that team that's the best uh, of, of that group of five. Now, unless something changed, Memphis and Temple and, and that group has an advantage the BYU does not for the for the uh, New Year Six in that the highest ranked of the group of five um, conferences and teams get an automatic berth to the New Year Six bowls. 
and they don't even have to be in the top 25. They can be ranked number 55. If they're the highest ranked of those conferences and those teams, they're in. That's it. BYU right now as an independent does not get that consideration. So they could be ranked higher than any of those teams we're talking about and still not get an automatic berth. But what BYU can do, if they continue to win, and if they get uh, get some help uh, from other teams losing, they could get themselves ranked highly enough and they could get themselves attractive enough to get consideration from the New Year's Six Bowls to be put in as an, as an at-large team. That's, that's not out of the realm of possibility. And that's why looking back, you know, we, there's a lot of football left to be played and BYU would have to win out. But looking back at that one-point one loss at UCLA, if BYU doesn't become an at-large team for the New Year's Six, that's the game you'd look back at. You know, but in the meantime, right now, for fans, because the team doesn't think this way. They think one week at a time. But for fans, there is a pathway for BYU to get into the New Year's Six. But they would have to win out, and they would have to get some help now, because they do have two losses. And they don't have, unless something changes I don't know about, they don't have the consideration of the automatic berth. Wow, you just dropped a bomb, and BYU fans are going to go nuts with this. <laughs> well, I said they could. I didn't say they would. You know, I said they could. <laughs> Trevor, great to talk to you as always. Maddich Monday, never disappointing. We'll talk to you again soon. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Uh, wow. Well, yeah, A yeah. two-loss team in BYU having a shot to get in the New Year's Six? A, a shot doesn't mean will or will likely be. Yeah, and he clarified he, he, that. Yeah. But how much of a shot? Depends on l- – listen, a two-loss team from the SEC – is going to get more street cred nationally. Than, let's not go there. If BYU beats Missouri and is, what, 8-2 and two at that at point? At that point, they'd be 8-2. and two. Now we can look at what's going on. Maybe not Utah State's then. ranked if they win out when BYU goes to play the final game of the There's year. A lot best Up next, David Nixon joins the conversation, the former BYU and NFL linebacker in the house. BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you in part by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live. We remind you, basketball season is right around the corner. Boom shakalakas. This Friday night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. We're going to host that. We're very excited about it. That's coming up Friday night live from the renovated Marriott Center. It's going to be awesome. The video boards in there look amazing. Let's hope the team looks better than the place. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football beating Cincinnati 38-24 Friday night. The Cougars outscored the Bearcats 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter to seal the win. The Cougars also received 21 votes in the AP poll, putting them two outside of the AP Top 25. The fifth-ranked women's soccer team won 2-0 over Pacific Saturday. Gomes and Vasconcelos both netted goals in the win. 13th-ranked BYU women's volleyball swept Portland Saturday night at the Smith Fieldhouse. Alexa Gray, doing work again, led the Cougars with 21 kills in that match. And Kyle Van Oy recorded a tackle in the Lions' 37-34 overtime win over at Dub Bears. Wani Unga and the Giants face the Eagles tonight on Monday Night Football. Joining BYU Sports Nation guest number Number two, David Nixon, former NFL and BYU linebacker via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Eight sacks against Cincinnati, David. That team had only given up six in five games. How did BYU make that happen on Friday night? Well, I think a lot was due to the fact that you finally have a healthy defense. You, you finally have all the pieces that were missing. You got Harvey Longy back. You've got, you know, Brodsky Fusi hitting on all cylinders. Secondary, you've got guys back in their normal positions compared to the week prior against East Carolina. We had Kai Nakua playing corner the whole game. So you had a healthy defense clicking all cylinders, a, a, a unit that was as cohesive, but in the sense that they've been together all throughout spring, all throughout summer. 
and and finally everyone's where they're supposed to be, and it clicks. And uh, you know, it started off slow, but 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 Bronco mentioned in his post game comments that you know we had made some adjustments and we continued to to try different things, and, and it paid off. And, and that's when you saw those eight sacks come into play. And they really all night, uh, you know, they, they flustered that that Cincinnati offense, and they, they really weren't able to do anything. Yeah, that BYU defense was impressive. Everyone's healthy, and we could see what they could do, which is great. Offensively, you called it. Your bold prediction was that BYU would outpass Cincinnati, and that was crazy. That was really <laughs> bold. How did you get that correctly? Well, you know, I, I thought BYU's defense would come to play. And, and, you know, you look at Cincinnati and what they had done in the previous games, throwing over for five, you know, over 500 yards of offense and just throwing the ball around. But, but I, I felt that they hadn't really faced a defense like BYU's defense all year. And, uh, and, and BYU's defense stepped up to the challenge. I mean, eight sacks. I can't remember the last time that BYU had eight sacks in a game. Um, it's, it's pretty impressive. But a lot of it is because they were flushing out Hayden Moore. He, he was in the pocket, but they flushed him out, and they were able to get to him before he got to the line of scrimmage and, and, and tie up a sack. So um, credit goes to that offensive line, and really credit goes to, to Bronska Fusi. I mean, literally every single week, week in, week out, um, he's getting better and better, and he, used, he continues to fine-tune his skills. And not only his, his rushing ability, but his hands and how he gets the offensive tackles off of him. And he uses his huge frame, you know, his 6'8 frame to, to get around the edge and, and lock those offensive linemen out so they can't grab him. And then he uses his speed to get around and, and, and get sacks. I mean, he's, he's a fun player to watch. In fact, when, it's, when it is time for defense to be on the field, I find myself literally just watching him and seeing, and seeing what he's doing exactly. And it, it's been fun to watch. Not only the defense that he's providing, but he got credit for that blocked kick, although I thought Travis Tuiloma was in there. Bronson Kafusi is now second in the country with two blocked kicks. So he's making his presence known all over the field. Well, that, it goes to show you this is a team that, yeah, that, not, we're talking about special teams now. And, and you can tell when a team is bought in when your star players are making plays on special teams because you, they realize, look, it's going to take all three phase of the game to, to win this one and, and those the starters aren't going out on field goals or on punts, but they're they're the ones in there trying to make a play because they realize it's 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 up to us to to, to get these plays done and, and it's been fun. You're right. You see a lot this year the stud players uh, the start, a lot of the starters are out there making tackles or making big plays on special teams, and that has a direct correlation with, with the team buying in and realizing that it, uh, it's going to be up to them. David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. I am looking at this BYU team outscoring the opposition plus 50 overall in the fourth quarter, 84 to 34, including 21 to nothing on Friday night. And I'm just seeing it as BYU able to maintain that energy and consistency late in the game whereas other teams look like they're getting worn down. Where do you see BYU and why they're being so successful in the fourth quarter, David? Well, you know, first and foremost, you, you look towards conditioning. I mean, why are they being outlast to these opposing teams? And I think conditioning plays a huge role. But I also think, you know, the, the precedent was set from game one, where, where BYU came back against Nebraska, won on a Hail Mary. And I think the confidence kind of grew from there. And I think this BYU team realized that we're never out of, the, out of a game. And, and they, they own the fourth quarter. I know when we were at BYU, we really stressed the fourth quarter. That was our time to, to make our mark and make our push. And you've really seen that come through with this BYU team. And, and I think it all comes down to confidence. I think they, they know that, look, we've got a quarterback, although he's a freshman, he's, he's proven himself. We've got confidence that he can make the plays, make the throws. Defensively, we just have to go out there and get the ball back in his hands as often as possible in that fourth quarter, and he'll lead our team down to a victory. We saw against East Carolina, 
Um, and we saw it against Cincinnati that they, they, they just pushed and pushed, and, and this team just holds up in that fourth quarter. And as a fan, that's obviously what you love. Plus 50, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for more for, from a team in that fourth quarter. And uh, it's paying its dividends. BYU, you know, is now sitting 5-2. and two. Should Tanner Mangum play this Saturday at all? You know, I, I think so. I, I think you – here's the thing. I mean, uh, you, you know, Wagner's still a formidable opponent in the, in the sense that they're, they're going to put players on the field. So you can't just sit there and say this is, this is – uh, we're just going to trot out and everything's going to be fine and dandy. That's what He's I'm still, saying. Yeah, well, you're, you're still got to go against guys, right? And these guys get scholarships too. But, um, you know, I, I, I think you go out there and play for a couple series, but you quickly hand over the reins. I think BYU's rushing attack will, will do just fine. I don't think Tanner will be in very many positions where he will get hit or where his body will have the opportunity to get hurt. I think they're just going to pound the ball uh, with, with Algie Brown and Francis Bernard. Um, but you also get him a few throws in, and then you know after that first quarter when BYU's up 14, 21 nothing, that's when you bring in Bo Hodge and, and get as many guys, you know, get as many reps on, with as many guys as possible because um, you know, this, is, this is their opportunity. This is their opportunity to get some game reps uh, that will, you know, if Tanner does pull his hamstring again, then Bo's ready because he's had three quarters to play against a team. So, um, you know, the, the, this week is it's, it's, it's an interesting week for players because you're not preparing for, a, obviously, a UCLA or Michigan. So your mindset is a little bit different. Um, but this is a week where you focus on yourself. Usually you're focusing on the opponent and what, you know, what type of scheme they're running, what you're learning, their, the tendencies from the offensive lineman or whatever it is. This is a week where you focus on yourself and you go back and maybe rehash some of the other games and you think, okay, what could I have done better on this blitz or that blitz? And this is a week where you really fine-tune your own technique and your own skills. What is it like preparing for an FCS team in that game day buildup? Well, we played a few my my years, and uh, it, it it is different. At the end of the day, it's a home game, right? You only get six home games a year, They're so special. so so yeah. At the end of the day, while it is not a great opponent, you still want to go out and you want to play well in front of your crowd and, and in front of your family and friends and um, you know anybody else that's there. So you know, you still want to go out there and play and play. So it's not something where you just write it off and you're not really excited about playing. I mean, there's still some excitement there. And this is one of those games where you pad your stats. You get a couple – Bronson goes out there and has five sacks and uh, gets, gets to pad those stats. And so when those NFL agents and uh, scouts come looking, then they say, okay, yeah, he had, he had 15 sacks with seven in one game. That's pretty impressive. But uh, – no, it's, it's, it is a home game. You only get six of them, so you take advantage of it. But there's no question that it's, it's, it's a different week. I mean, you, the, the buzz around the campus isn't quite there. The buzz around the media is not quite there. Um, and so it is tougher to kind of get more emotionally ready for the game. Uh, but then that's where, once again, you say, look, it's a home game, and, and I'm going to go out there and play my hardest. You can watch David Nixon, Brian Logan, and the guys on After Further Review tomorrow night. After Inside BYU Football, 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 Mountain Time, as they break down BYU Cincinnati X's and O's and get you set for that Wagner showdown on Saturday. David, great to talk to you, man. All right, thanks, guys. David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. David must have borrowed Blaine's phone. He had two beeps. Two beep interview from David Nixon. The Wagner Week, we cannot have two beep interviews on this program. Crisp execution. Why? Because th- that means Wagner's going to score some points now on Saturday? Uh, <laughs> 17 plus? 37? Uh, yes. 37 yes. plus? Yes. We'll talk to Nick Kurtz, BYU junior wide receiver, next from BYU football practice. 
BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio B on a Monday. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of this show live, you can watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV. It airs at 6 p.m. Eastern. The biggest football game this week is on BYU TV. You can watch Countdown to Kickoff at 2 Eastern time, followed by the game on BYU TV at 3 Eastern. The Seahawks versus BYU. Uh, this Saturday. Check it out. We also remind you to participate in our BYU Sports Nation Twitter contest. The Game Day Grub. Send in pictures on game day of what you prep. And I, I tasted some good stuff. I, I saw uh, Koti Samania in the parking lot. Bean Mace. Uh, Justin Mace. Uh, uh, Jay Caressa. They offered me some of the best tailgate I've ever had. Not that I've tailgated a lot. It's BYU. We, some guys tailgate. They do a fantastic job. I love it. But it was fantastic. So send in your game day grub using the hashtag BYUSN and follow at BYU Sports Tell them what they win, Jerem. They'll win all sorts of good BYU Sports Nation stuff. That is correct. Including a Dennis Pitta signed football, I believe. Oh, Dennis. Awesome. Why have we not gotten him on the show? Well, think about that. Let's bring in one of the men of the night from Friday's win over Cincinnati, BYU junior wide receiver Nick Kurtz. Nick, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. What's up, guys? How you doing? We're doing We're well. Good. Probably not as good as you, but still doing pretty well. What in the world is happening that is allowing BYU to play so well in the fourth quarter, Nick? I don't know. We just have something special going on. Uh, I've talked about it a couple times how we just, over the offseason, really worked on uh, one of the things I was stressed was like grit and uh, having heart. And uh, it's just really turned out every time we get in that fourth quarter where we just display it and uh, things go really good for us. At this point, it's a huge pattern. So to what do you attribute the success in the fourth quarter? Um, <laughs> I don't really know. It's just, it's just we just have that magic spark. Um, Is it conditioning? Just catches, I, I, I really couldn't tell you. It's just something about the team. It's team chemistry, I guess, is what it comes down to. Uh, this is one of the closest teams I've ever been a part of. Um, I mean, that's hands down. I could say that, and we all knew that coming into the season that we're one of the closest teams that, uh, that you know, I, that I, I, at least that I've ever been a part of. Um, and so I think it just really shows when that fourth quarter comes. We all play for each other, and everyone just performs. Um, and you see Tanner always does incredible things, and our offensive line holds up great, and you know the receivers have a pretty good day as well. So, what is it like to see yourself? on SportsCenter's top 10, making the first touchdown catch you've had as a BYU player? Yeah, that's not how I thought it was going to happen, but uh, <laughs> that's, just, that's just the way things went. Um, I mean, it was awesome. Honestly, it was, you know, it's, been, it's been a long time since I scored a touchdown because I've, uh, I got hurt last year and everything. And uh, it was just quite the experience, and it was cool because my family was there and I got to do it right in front of them. So, uh, and... Uh, once again, the offensive line held up great on both of them, especially on the uh, the longer touchdown where I was just running by myself. Um, the offensive line, if you look at the film, there was no pressure at all, so it gave Canada the time to look around and hit me. I was his third read, so it was cool. Had you been frustrated a little bit prior to this game? Or, or uh, I, I guess, what was your emotion? Because uh, I think people were, were hoping they'd get more out of you, and then we saw it on Friday. Yeah, um... I don't know, frustrated is the word. I mean, we're winning games, and that's really all that matters. Uh, I think every receiver and every player on this team wants to do as good as they can. So if they're not doing, you know, as good as they think they should be doing, of course, you know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna want to make more plays than you are. But I mean, we're winning games, and that's really all that matters. That's what it comes down to. So as long as we're doing that, I'm happy. 
And and so back to the chemistry thing, sharing cougar tails at baseball games, that's where the chemistry really began <laughs> that led to fourth quarters. Is that what you're telling us? Yeah, without that cougar tail, um, that, that catch does not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them? The 53-yarder? The too? Hail Mary to Mitch and yours for 53 yep. yards. Yeah. The, Hail Mary, the Hail Mary especially, that, that, that was all cougar tail. So, um, <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. Nick Kurtz with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU junior receiver. Six catches, 119 yards, two touchdowns in that win over Cincinnati. I had a good time talking to your family after the game, Nick, as they were waiting for you. And uh, your mom kind of joked that, hey, because I was there, this, this is why this happened. How much credit does your family get for, uh, for you balling out on Friday? Yeah, I don't know if I can give it to my mom, though, because she was at UCLA. Oh, man, we didn't win that one, so. I don't know if she could take all the credit, <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, they, they all count there. My uh, my uncle was up there too, so it was. I mean, it was awesome for me to be able to do that in front of them and for them to watch us win. And you know, they got to, my mom got to experience Provo, and she loved it out here. So everyone took care of her nice and left a good impression on her. I noticed uh, the Grossmont uh, College guys got together uh, at the Utah game. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that, that's one of the coolest things about football. Is just it brings you know. Three guys just from San Diego playing at junior college who didn't even know if they'd make it to Division One, and you know things work out well for us, and we all end up somehow on the same field at the same time, all on different teams. Um, so one of them is uh, he played receiver with me. His name's Tim Patrick. He plays up at Utah, um, but he he's been injured, so he's been uh, hasn't been playing. But then the other one's Quincy Brown, who plays DB at ASU. That's so, I mean, I got to watch them both, and it's just super cool. You get to go down there and chat with them a little bit, and you know talk about our experiences in college football. And that's just a preview of uh, Game 2 next year at Utah, right, brother? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be pretty cool, too. I'm excited because, uh, you know, their, their fans go crazy um, against us. So it'll be nice to uh, go into a hostile environment and uh, see what we can do. Nick, at any point during that touchdown catch, the second one, when you are wide open, do you think, oh, man, I, I better not drop this ball? Uh, I've been there before, and that has happened. I not dropped it, but I've thought, like, oh, my gosh, I hope I don't drop it. But for whatever reason, um, I, I felt pretty comfortable when it was in the air, and I, I told people, there's actually a picture you kind of see. I was actually, like, smiling. I was laughing. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm wide open. Like, I don't know how this just happened. But I was really just supposed <laughs> to be a, I don't know about it, like, if it's a decoy, but I was just supposed to really pull the safeties off, and the route was supposed to go to Devon. Um, but for whatever reason, the coverage just pulled up. And it was actually something we saw on film that we thought might have happened, and it did. I mean, the safeties both pulled up, and I was just running by myself. So I was actually laughing. I was laughing when I was in the air. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm going to score a touchdown right now again. So it was cool. And I, I just remember, uh, I think it was Brad Wilcox just sprinting down there and just slammed into me right after I caught it. So it was cool when your, your offensive line is running down there excited for you. At 5-2 and two after seven games, I think even uh, if Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams were playing this year, that'd be a tremendous uh, record. They're not yet you've found a way to get to 5-2. and two. H- Have you taken a moment to step back and realize, okay, things are going well, you know, let's keep this going? Yeah, I mean, again, I think it comes down to what we talked about earlier with the team chemistry. Um, I mean, a guy goes down, another guy steps up. We got another guy goes down, another guy steps up. You just keep seeing that process. And I'm sure it'll happen more and more this year. Um, that's just how football works. Guys get injured, but then guys will come back as well. Um, so it just it comes down to that, that bonding and team chemistry, and that's just something that we happen to have. Nick Kurtz with us on BYU Sports Nation. Nick, what do you want to accomplish against Wagner on Saturday? Um, well, I think the main thing is just being focused because – 
you can't just go in and take a game like that light. Um, no matter who your opponent is, you have to go out there and prepare hard this week. And our coaches have already talked to us uh, about how they're going to coach us hard this week because you can't go out there and just expect to win. It's it's football. We guys are still going to be athletes, um, even if it's not Division One A. Um, so we just want to go out there and, and start off hot and play hard, play good football. Nick, congratulations on a breakout performance against uh, Cincinnati on Friday. We look forward to more of the same, man. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Nick Kurtz on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. A trifecta of guests today wrapped up with the guy that absolutely balled out on Friday night. Yeah, and he borrowed David Nixon's phone. He had one beep. But he only had a one beep interview. It was better. Because <laughs> it was only one beep. No, it was it was great to see Nick uh, explode because he's a really good receiver. To me, he's going to be the number one receiver on next year's team. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we give out our weekly helmet stickers plus another top five team on campus in Provo. That's all part of the Cougar Whip Around. Up next, short shorts. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU beat Cincinnati by 14 Friday night. The Cougars scored 21 points in the fourth to seal the win. The Cougars received 21 votes in the AP poll, leaving them just two spots outside the top 25. Soccer. Fifth-ranked BYU women's soccer beat Pacific 2-0 on Saturday. Nadia Gomes, Michelle Murphy, Vasconcelos both netting goals in that victory. Volleyball. 13th-ranked BYU swept Portlandia Saturday night at Smithfield House. Alexa Gray led the Cougars with 21 kills in the match. Cougars in the NFL. Wani, don't call me Devin Unga, and the New York Giants face the Philadelphia Eagles tonight on Monday Night Football. It also will feature a new Star Wars video at halftime. Yeah! Cross country. Both teams had big weekends at the very competitive Wisconsin Invitational on Saturday. The men's team finished in second, the women's team ninth. New flow track national rankings. Listen to this. The men are number three in the country, yeah. and the women are number 16. Nice. Cougars in the CFL. Eight. Austin Collie had four catches for 39 yards on Saturday, but the BC Lions fell short to the Edmonton Eskimos 26-23. Future guests include Ty Detmer, yeah. John Beck, and yeah. Blaine Fowler. How about that trio of quarterbacks? Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. You needed most DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to the offensive line Gave up zero sacks during a game that Tanner Mangum really couldn't afford to be sacked. Legit. Really legit, especially with that injury. Let's hand out some helmet stickers. Mine goes to Bronson Kafusi. Three sacks. Now uh, blocked a kick. Wrecked havoc in the backfield. Bronson Kafusi gets my helmet I'm sticker. I'm giving mine to Nick Kurtz, BYU wide receiver, for his six catches, 119 yards. Second time he's gone over 100 yards. He was dominant in the fourth quarter. Made a couple of big plays. Got himself on SportsCenter's top ten. What makes BYU so successful in the fourth quarter? That is our Twitter conversation. Our elite tweet of the day comes from at Utah Scan. It says, the freaking sweet fourth quarter highlight because it motivates the crowd <laughs> and the team. Oh, okay, so an in-stadium from, from, highlight. Uh, from uh, Brandon Spain's from, from YVid Productions. Yeah, 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 nice job. Okay. Thanks to Trevor Manage, David Nixon, Nicholas Kurtz, and everyone on our crew. The show on demand on BYUSN.com audio podcast available on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Brent Carlson. BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. The Cougar Tail is the key.